welcome to the Amateur Podcast, where we learn how to learn cool things. I'm your host, Ryan O'Connor, and today we're going to learn how to make birdhouses, furniture, and other useful crafts by talking to my friend Deb. Thanks for joining us. So today we're talking to Deb, who works in policing, and in her spare time, she does everything. Most people, when they see a nice uh, thing they want, like a birdhouse, they just think, oh, I'll just buy it. So what, what, uh, what's the motivation to actually want to be able to make one yourself there? Where does that come from? You know what? I'm somebody who always has to be busy. I don't ever have a lot of downtime. Um, I'm more productive in everything I do when I have to meet like deadlines and and everything gets done that way right I'm I, I'm the kind of person who Monica and friends used to vacuum or vacuum I will hose off my host <laughs> I mean, that kind of crazy but I like to be busy so it wouldn't even occur to me to buy something if I thought that I could possibly make it I you know I've seen many things that way whether it be a piece of stained glass inspired by that now I do stained glass I remember um, in a magazine seeing a picture of um, of a beaded stocking with absolutely fabulous mirabou um, topping around the you know the collar of it and you know 20 of those later umpteen numbers of stained glass mm-hmm. and even with the bird houses um, I did four last year five oh you know what I've made I think seven of these so far and they take hours just to yeah. do the body alone they take about six to eight hours and and then there's the roof and mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. it's a lot of work but i enjoy it I, it's just i like being busy right what do you what do you think you enjoy most about it is it the the sort of the process and the focus involved in doing the process or is it the the finished product what you have afterwards it's the gift giving part of it right. that i love the most is because my family is the recipient of most of these items, right? Uh-huh. My um, nieces and my nephew, my sisters, um, and I just, just, and my daughter. I mean, I just love giving them these things. And, um, you know, they're just wowed by them and then they cherish them. And, and I don't know, it's things they're going to have forever that their, their, their mom, their aunt Deb gave them, right? right. So I love that. Yeah, right. And it's, it sounds like the birds like them too, I'm guessing. I hear some birds they in the background. Do. I have two mounted on um, 10 foot, well, 12 foot poles in the front of my yard. And um, we've had many, many birds nest in there. And it's they're mounted so that they can't fly into our front window, but that we can watch them from our front window. And it is just the coolest. It's just the coolest to see them working away and feeding their babes and then the babes taken off and then you got to get up there and you know clean them up for next year and it's, it's great uh-huh. are you a bird watcher as well you, i love birds yeah yeah, yeah. okay I do. that helps doesn't it um yeah. okay so uh, let's talk about how you learned these uh these crafts um so first i guess what was one of the most challenging things that you had to learn in this process I, it's always um it's sourcing out your material is this, <clears throat> excuse me, a bit of a challenge. Um, when you, when I score a big haul of copper, I'm like, just, <laughs> you know, it's like winning a lottery for me, right? right is right. going to the scrapyard and, uh-huh. and getting copper and 
And then, you know, I get help building the birdhouses. I have an awesome neighbor who has an incredible workshop because he's a carpenter. So okay. he will cut all my birdhouses for me, cut out the, the, um, the mold, and then we build them. And then it's just figuring out. Each time I do, um, I, I get copper. I get different kinds of copper each time. So it's reconfiguring, redeveloping how you're going to do the birdhouse, how you're going to cover it in the copper each time right. because you never know what kind of copper you're going to be able to get. Uh-huh. So why, why copper? I don't know. I'm like an old crow. If it's shiny, I like it. <laughs> and, and I just love copper. I just It's just beautiful. I mean, I love stainless steel and, and, and gold, but um, just something about copper. Oh, interesting. Is there is there any way of telling whether you have a good piece of copper or a bad piece of copper? Is that when how do you know when you found something you can use or something good? Ryan, any piece of copper. Any piece of copper. <laughs> okay, <all right. laughs> For me, I get I get most excited if I still can find a nice light gauge um, of sheet copper, which means it's in one big piece. Yeah. Um, Last year, I scored these, um, and I don't even know what it would have been from, but anyways, they were about eight feet long. There were just strips and strips of copper attached to a great big metal ball, mm-hmm. and um, they were beautifully patinaed, and that's what this one is already, but behind me that I have is um, what was made out of, and I just about lost my mind when I found it, and I bought it all, and... It just, but every year I find that it's going up and up in price, right. and it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's um, each of these birdhouses just by the time I'm done making them are costing me probably a hundred, hundred twenty-five dollars a birdhouse. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so they're not cheap. And then you know, again, easily, easily six to ten hours in labor involved okay. in one birdhouse. And then of course, that each one has to be different and. The perch has to be something unique. Right. I mean, I found um, old CN rail um, keys and, and oh, had nice. them gently bent and uh-huh. a hole drilled in them so that that key is the perch. And I like those kind of unique little touches, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you, once you have the copper, how do you shape it and manipulate it into? Tin snips. Yeah. Um, and and um, and nails. That's <laughs> a lot of work. That's why a body of a birdhouse can take six to eight hours because by the time you affix it all and 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 get it done, you put that much time in. Like it's just incredible. Uh-huh. But but again, I step back and I look at it and I go, love it. Yeah. And you know, and then I'm excited to give it away, yeah. get it out of my place. Right, right. Um, so how did you learn how to? build them. Tell me about the process of, of how you learned that. You pick your design and you measure out on your wood and then like I said I'm, I'm so fortunate that my neighbor helps me and he's right. got all the equipment so when we go in there we can cut four at a time. We could do six at a time because we just nail the, the wood together and it, it the saw will uniformly cut what we want right. and piece by piece by piece right. Uh-huh. So I'm fortunate in that I have a carpenter who assists me in, in that part of the process. I didn't have to learn how to work a saw by myself, fortunately. <laughs> that helps, there, yeah. Ergo, I have 10 fingers still. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that helps. So he cuts off, you, you give him the measurements and he just cuts the wood for you. And he does. Okay. And then air nail them all, all together, put them all together and, and um, glue and nail. And then once they're done, 
it's time to start cutting the copper to fit the um, the birdhouse. So the one that I have that I'll send you a picture of, those um, pieces are about an inch and a half wide and they were about seven feet long. So, you know, trimming the bottom so they were straight was fine. And, and then, you know, trimming the top so that they're on the right angle and then just, just the right overlap because I want them to be... Um, waterproof so that um, mm -hmm. they will last a very long time. You don't want them to rot underneath. So I do paint everything with a trim clad paint to seal it. Mm -hmm. Only on the outside, not on the inside. I don't want to at all um, um, put any paint on the inside for the birds. But but then it's just figuring out strip by strip by strip. Each right. strip you have to cut to, and put into place and um, you know, cut around the hole, and and it's just it's tons of work. Yeah, but it's great. Um, what what does most of the time going into? You mentioned six to ten at six to ten hours per birdhouse. What what do you spend most of your time doing? The body of the birdhouse. Mm -hmm. It's you know being twenty inches tall, um, and twelve inches at its widest point, and then you've got four four sides to do. That takes a lot of time, and and. If I put on a slate roof, I was fortunate enough to um, source out some fabulous um, slate tile from a uh, church in Quebec, and friends of mine who are traveling up from southern Ontario brought it up for me. Mm -hmm. So if I'm putting a slate roof on, that's fairly simple to do. That's, you know, an hour, and you've got your four pieces of slate on. Um, but I have done, like the one behind me is all done in, in the copper strips as well, so that was quite a bit of time. I've also done them where I've used pennies, right? I've taken the pennies and I've shingled the roof oh, wow. in pennies. Yeah, and wow. it looks fabulous. It's just so cool, <laughs> uh -huh. you know? So again, I try to make them a little different and unique each one right. somehow. And, um, you know, but the minimum, minimum amount of time one would take is eight hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, have, you, have you always been artistic? Um. I'd say probably not until I, I was into my 20s and, yeah. and had my own home and you want to do something and I, I mean, you know, it's really funny when I was thinking about doing this with you, um, I'm currently, I, I've acquired a piece of furniture that I want to have reupholstered and I started thinking back to, you know, my late 20s when I had my first home and I wanted to recover a couch. Yeah. Well, I just did it. I just got a sewing <laughs> machine and I just did it. I mean, so I didn't even know how the heck I did it. Uh -huh. And now I wouldn't even consider it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. now it'd be like, no, I'm going to the upholsterer. I want a good job. But like 20 years old and I'm reupholstering a couch by myself because, well, I just did. I just needed to. And that was that. Uh -huh. I don't know. Just that kind of um, a mindset, that kind of a person where, you do, know, you have just a, grab kind it and go. Do it, do it yourself mindset, it sounds like. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you think you were born with that, or do you think you developed that as a result of um, ha owning your own house and, and certain no. things? No. No. You're, I definitely, it's aptitude. I think you're born yeah. with it. Some people have the desire to create and, and do things, and other people just are happy to purchase, and, and their aptitude is for other things. But, but I have an aptitude for wanting to to create and do things, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm sitting outside at an eight foot long Western red cedar table that my husband and I built together. Nice. And I'm looking at our pizza oven table made out of marble and pipe from the pipe fitters that I made. Yeah. You know, got two beautiful pear tree tables downstairs that I made. So 
you know, and I was able, when I was buying these little birdhouses, the second set of birdhouses I have, um, the uh, fella's garage that I was at, you know, being eagle eye that I am, I, I noticed these live edge slabs and I said, hey, what are, what are those? What are you doing with those? And, and Buddy says, oh, I've had those forever. Those are white pine. He says, pull them out. <laughs> so I pulled them out and almost died. I mean, they were just fantastic, fantastic. Uh-huh slabs mm-hmm. of white pine and he just wanted to give them to me and yeah. I said oh I just can't take them because these are worth money and I would feel poorly just taking them so I ended up giving him some money for two pieces of mm-hmm. um, white pine slabs that will make tables now and and they had um, the rings on them were spectacular just spectacular but you know they had the grooves where the wood was soft so I've dug it out and I'm going to figure out how to do colored resin in there never done that before but I mean I should be able to follow the instructions on a package (laughs) right and fill the voids with the colored resin and then finish them off and have a couple of fantastic well my daughter will have one fantastic um little side table and I'll have the other but it's just seeing something and and kind of recognizing that there's an opportunity to make something with it and do it uh-huh so how do you, how do you do that how, what what is it about uh the materials or the things that you notice what is it that jumps out at you when you see something that could be used uh for a project um it's it, it's just you just recognize it i i it's innate it's mm-hmm. it's your aptitude it's what you know right. like when i made my pear tree um tables downstairs I was at the home shop here in Thunder Bay, and one of the uh, one of the vendors was um, a fellow who did, does wood. And mm-hmm. there were these slabs of wood that he had leaning up against the wall. And I walked in, I saw the pear tree wood, and I went, I want that. I mm-hmm. want both those pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. No idea what I was going to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, knew I would, well, knew I would make tables with them. Let me just, I knew that. But they are really, like, they're eight feet long. Mm-hmm. And... The widest point, it's 12 inches, and at the narrowest point, it's 8. So when I I bought the two pieces from him, and um, they were still wet, because he had taken the, the tree down here in Thunder Bay. Yeah. So, oh, it'll be a year or so before they're dry enough to do anything with, and I was like, well, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I have no patience. So I had him take them to... Um, um, the kiln here in Murillo uh-huh. and paid to have them dried out so then I get them home and I had um, pinned all my hopes and dreams on my neighbor who's the sheet metal worker to make me legs for them and I had two people, two two friends one friend, very very um, people who are craft, not crafty but carpenters you know mm-hmm, they can mm-hmm. build anything tell me that I couldn't have <laughs> these uh, two pieces of wood for individual tables because they were too long, too narrow, and too heavy. It's a very uh-huh. dense wood, so it's very right. heavy. All they said is, they're going to keep tipping over, Deb. They're going to tip over, Deb. You can't, yeah. It's not going to work, Deb. And I went, you can go away. Like, go away. <laughs> Stop talking. So when my neighbor came over, who's a sheet metal worker, said the same thing to me, and I had to tell him to go away, mm-hmm. I had to come up with a way to make legs, right? So yeah. now I've sent three guys away who tell me it can't be done, and I'm thinking, <laughs> these are tables. <laughs> And um, I did it. I went and I got the pipe from the um, um, Claude Darling, like a metal, uh, you know, like plumbers. Uh And and I designed legs and the tables are still standing five years later. They're not not tipping over? over? Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like, like, 
Yeah, it sounds like uh, there's definitely a lesson in there. Where there's a will, there's a way. If uh, if you want to get something done, you'll you'll figure out a way to do it. And that is that's that's basically it. I have that kind of a mentality, and, uh-huh. and you know, I, I you know, I go 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 until I get the end result, whether it's at work or or in my personal life. It's you know, right. Got job done. How how did you figure it out with the tables? How did you figure out that pipe using pipes would would work? Well, you, you like they were long and narrow, so I knew I needed. Um, uh, something to, to on the bottom so when I started thinking about it I thought how about like flanges right mm-hmm. something flanges mm-hmm. and they're wide enough and with four of them on the bottom stable enough and then I added I decided to add a fifth one in the middle mm-hmm. and the table is so steady it's so perfect um, and the nice thing about using a flange as well that I hadn't anticipated until we were putting them in place was if your floor isn't 100% level, mm-hmm. then you can adjust the flange and your table <laughs> is strong and level and and it's worked out fantastic. Yeah, it sounds like a really ingenious solution uh, you came up with there. It just it just had to just be. And then, you know, it's that slightly industrial look with the the, uh, the metal piping and um, and even you know it's so funny because I scored a old um, old time pipe fitter at the at the plumbing store there. Who the young guy was like looking at me like going, "You want to do what?" <laughs> like, "Oh my God, stop looking at me like that!" Uh-huh. Then the old guy came along and he kind of got into it with me, right? And so I'm trying to draw him a picture and show him what I want to do, and 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 he's like, "Okay, okay, this can be done," and he's helping me pick out my. Um, my uh, well, I knew what size I wanted and everything, so he's just helping me put it all together. And then he says to me, because you know, um, plumbing comes with a slight bit of grease on it. Right. You're gonna want to get this grease off, and he says you just use vinegar, vinegar and a lot of muscle, right? Mm-hmm. So when I get the piping home, and I'm trying with the vinegar, and I'm thinking, well, this is crazy. This is way <laughs> too much muscle, and this is not working. Uh-huh. So I'm for a magic eraser. And I'll tell you, I got those babies so clean, you can't even believe it. So I went back to him and I said, hey, give up the vinegar, get a magic eraser. And he just laughed. He said, never thought of it. I said, well, Miss <laughs> Clean here knows exactly what to use to get something clean. And I'll tell you, those magic eras- wear your rubber gloves, but those yeah. things work great. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Good tip. Good tip. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if you ever um, if you ever create something that you're not 100% happy with, if there's some, if there's something that come comes out and, and you think, oh, I, I just, I don't like this, Is, does that ever happen? Well, I, I've, I've learned, um, like, so going with stained glass, right? I yeah. also do stained glass. I did take a course because I wanted to do it and I needed mm-hmm. to learn how to cut glass properly and how to grind it. And so I did take a class and then I learned through stained glass that I don't like color. Mm-hmm. I only like clear or iridescent. Um, I made this huge, fabulous piece of stained glass. It's probably, oh, I want to say 30 inches by 24 inches. And um, it was just three great big poppies up close, Mm -hmm. right? In red and gold and kind of an orange with the green in there. It's a beautiful piece, but I didn't want it once I was done. I was like... Nope, not interested in this. I don't. I just realized I don't care for colored glass, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and appreciate it if I see it in a church. But for myself, no interest at all to work with it. I only like clear iridescent. So, um, yeah, something I kind of figured out about myself there. And 
I have no idea why I don't like colored glass. I just don't care for it. But so just, I gave that piece away right away. So it's important to stick with what you like, I guess, and uh, make sure you're focusing yeah. on to producing something you'll like in the end is important. Exactly. Because like, yeah. I don't do this for money. I don't. Right. Um, it, it's different if you're an artist and it's it's your livelihood and you're going to do what someone is commissioning you to yeah. do. Have you, ever, um, have you ever thought about doing it for money, uh, selling some of your pieces, or is that something that uh, you, you just want to stay away from? No, I don't. I, I have no interest in actually yeah. doing that. I have sold some stained glass at Christmas time, like because when I do the snowflakes and that, people have asked me to buy them. Right. Um, so I have done that, but I've sold them for pretty much what I have into them in the glass and yeah. you know like you pay yourself ten dollars um, I've made so many pieces and given away as gifts like so many mm -hmm. over the years um, and you know what and in my future I have every intention of um, starting to oil paint mm -hmm. and also weld I want to learn how to weld mm -hmm. I have a yen to do large yard yeah. Art. Yep. <laughs> well, how how are you going to learn? What steps do you take when you d decide you decide you want to learn welding? What steps do you take to learn how to do that? Well, I, again, very fortunate that I have at least three people who can teach me uh -huh. how to weld, oh, wow. and they are excited because my because I'm so pumped about doing uh -huh. it. They're excited to um, to teach me because they know I'm going to. Um, drive them crazy until I'm doing a really good job and I already can, my welds are really nice already because of stained glass like uh -huh. I have a very very good weld in my stained glass so I'm kind of anticipating it won't be a huge leap for me but it will because it's going to be metal and it won't be easy so but I'm looking forward to it I've already started to uh got a little bit of Sanford and Sons going here in my yard behind one of the garages because I've already started to collect uh -huh. metal. Yeah, uh -huh. so that when that day comes, when I retire, I won't start it until I retire, um, which is four more years. Well, maybe two if I get my way. But um, <laughs> when I retire, I'm going to already have some metal to, to get started with. And um, then I'll be calling up one of my uh, friends who is um, who are good at welding and say it's time it's time to teach me uh-huh so how do you approach the people that um that you want to teach you these skills do you do you know them already are they friends and if so how did you meet them how do you meet people with these kind of um skills and knowledge um i just ask and mm -hmm. yes i'm very fortunate that i know people already who have these skills and knowledge like my neighbor across the road who has the brake who help, lets me use his brake he's also he's sheet metal worker so welding is is his thing and um um he's offered me many times mm -hmm. whenever i'm ready just let him know um we have another good friend who's a master electrician but welds as well on um you know as a personal interest and he is more than willing and ready to teach me and and um um my daughter's fiance knows someone who is a welder by trade as well and has a big shop and access to all kinds of stuff so i've already said to to my daughter's uh fiance uh, mm. you need to get me in there you need to make the ask mm. or else get, or else i'm going to make because that really interests me because mm. i am somebody who you know everything is going to be there everything so i'm you know i just soak it up like a sponge you look at it and you, mm -hmm. you dial into what interests you and um mm -hmm. and, yeah 
And I'm a grateful kind of person. You know, I'm I'm more than happy to. Nobody's ever offered. Nobody's ever expected money, but um, I'm a moderate baker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you know, they're the recipient of many banana breads or blueberry rhubarb crisp or things like that. So um, that helps. Yeah, nobody's gonna say no to banana bread. <laughs> exactly. So I, I do show my appreciation in in those kind of ways, and uh-huh. um, and if they ever need anything, I'm totally there for them too. So it's kind of a, a you reciprocate however you can in friendship, which Definitely. is so wonderful. Definitely, yeah, no, that is wonderful. Um, so I'm wondering if you've noticed a progression in your talents. Have you noticed from, say, Birdhouse 1 to Birdhouse 10 or, or wherever you are at now? Is there, is there a big progression in your, in your skills? Um, yeah, I'm definitely better. Um, I'm not bleeding as much, not as many cuts. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> okay. So it, oh, it yeah. must, must have been a painful process at first then, getting cuts. Well, I'll and, tell you, uh-huh. I, um. Last Christmas, I was actually making a birdhouse for in December in my basement because generally I'll work out in the garage. But you know, it was winter, so I had to do it in the house. And I was actually making one for my daughter's um, boyfriend at the time, his mum, because she just loved mine so much. And I thought, well, I knew how much she would appreciate it, so I, you know, for for that, I wanted to give her one. And oh, I took a couple of good cuts. I'll tell you, I was bleeding, but you know what? I didn't just wipe it off on my sweatpants and you just <laughs> go in and didn't even stop to put a band aid on. And uh-huh. you know, shake your head later thinking, you know, tetanus and all kinds of things. <laughs> I'm on a deadline here. I need to get this birdhouse uh-huh. finished, okay? <laughs> so there's no time to bleed and, and, and put a band aid on. It's, it's just my brand of crazy, I guess. I, I don't know. Do you ever get demotivated by uh, mistakes or difficulties you encounter along the way? Mm, no, I'll just swear like a sailor and keep going. Yeah, okay, that yeah. that works. Just, you got to get it done. It's yeah, just, just um, get it done. Get it done. I uh-huh. don't put a. I don't put things to the side. I'm not a procrastinator. Um, again, a lot of this just revolves around my personality right. and, and the way I am, and and. I mean, I'm having a little trouble with getting going on these seven ones because I've had so many other projects on the go. But, but for me, having a deadline and being under working under a little bit of stress, um, probably because of my work environment, I've mm-hmm. developed that mm-hmm. ability. Right. Um, you know, when I have that stress pushing me from behind, I accomplish like crazy. So. Knocking these seven birds ho- birdhouses off in a month will will be doable for me, right. you know, because I did the other four, which are twice the size, within a month. And again, it's just you get started, you get in there, you get it done, and yeah. that's it. You don't stop. Do you give yourself deadlines if you don't if you don't have one from from an outside source? I I do. I you know I I know when I want to give this. I know when it has to be done, right. and and that's it. I have to get it done. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person who will have five or six projects on the go like I do right now, right? So sometimes you get sidetracked by another project, right? So, yeah. you, you know, think- which I'm currently doing and, and therefore the birdhouses are just sitting there <laughs> waiting for me, but I'll get there. Do you think it's better to have more projects on the go or, or one or two projects that you can really focus on? Um, for me... Um, that's a hard one to answer because even like when I think back to last summer and I had the the four birdhouses that I was t- 
trying to get done within the month, that's all I could think about, you mm. know, because that was getting out there and 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 getting them done. Because most times it's um it's the weekends that are 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 busy doing other things, so I have to get them done in the evening after after work. And I start my shift just after six o'clock. I, I do nine six in the morning, mm-hmm. um, wow. nine hour shifts. You know, so by the time you get home and you get the dog walk and mm-hmm. you find your cats because they've been out roaming and killing everything they can find um, and you have something <laughs> to eat, uh-huh. force yourself out to that garage at like 6.30 is like, oh, really? Uh-huh. You know what? I put one foot in front of the other and make myself go. Yeah. And once I start, you just go. Right. And if you finish right. at 10, you finish at 10. Yeah, starting is the hardest part, isn't it? I find um, yeah. I'm I'm a similar way with my projects, and uh, that's that's definitely the hardest thing is just forcing yourself to get going. But once you do, it's, um, it's something takes over. Um, so definitely, yeah. And I'll, I, I, sometimes you know I don't even do it right. I'm, I think, oh, I just way too tired. I'm just going to put on the Netflix <laughs> and veg yeah. out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Do you, does that ever happen to you? Are you ever at a point where you you feel just uh, mentally drained, too too tired to, to start? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely, absolutely, yeah. definitely. That'll happen to me. Um, and if if that's the case, I just walk away. And you know what? Tomorrow's another day. I don't get stressed over that. I mean, I would be stressed if I had to have it done for tomorrow. I wouldn't walk away. But um, hi, baby, my cat. Um, <laughs> My Luna Bell, she's coming to see me. Um, yeah, my black cat, she's special. Um, yeah, it, it, but but again, it's just like I think back to doing that birdhouse in December, and I, you know, in my basement on my laundry room floor, and I've got to get this thing done because you know I really wanted to give it to Carol, and and um, you know, you just push through. You yeah. just you just push through. It has to be done, mm-hmm. you know. And again. Probably part of that is a, a development. Like I have the innate desire to do this kind of stuff, but then the mentality to get it done and, and push through and finish comes probably from my work environment, right? Mm-hmm. Being in um, that policing where you you don't have 100% control of your environment. Right. Uh, you are responding to a lot of things that are going on, and they're usually very dynamic. Mm-hmm. And you don't get the chance to say, hey, I'm tapping out because you know what? Um, I don't know what else to do here. <laughs> it's not what you get to do. Yeah. You, you, you know, and I don't do road work, uh-huh. um, but I, you know, I do work in dynamic situations. So, and they're not, you're not done until they're done. Right. And then you, you know, and that could be, you know, I could get called out for, you know, a critical incident and, you know, you're in a command post for six hours, four hours, or 12, mm-hmm. or 14, whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah. And you find a way to push through and get it done because, you know, you have to. Right. So I think that has kind of crossed over into my personality. Well, I know it has. Uh-huh. Um, so when I sit down to do stuff like this, just do it. Yeah, it's interesting that you've been able to use your the training and the experience from your job and, and channel that into um, your hobbies and your projects. That's interesting. Yeah. Some would say it's a good thing. Others would say not so much. <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's a good thing. I'd say it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, for myself it is. It is definitely. Uh, I can be pretty... Um, 
de demanding or I can have high expectation like of, of you know people close to me and that like you know that they should be finishing or accomplishing at the same rate or something like I have to sometimes take a step back that way because not everybody has my brand of crazy so <laughs> which, uh, which I fondly say about myself but most people who know me would just shake their head in, in agreement <laughs> Um, well, I think it's a good brand of crazy, um, very productive brand of crazy, I can see. Um, so that's good. If I'm a person that wants to get started in doing these kinds of things, um, I want to start building birdhouses or welding or building furniture. How do I start? Where do I get started? What do I need to know? What do I need to do? Just motivate yourself and source it out, whether mm -hmm. it's taking a course at your community college, because if I didn't know anybody who could teach me how to weld, that's where I'd be going, right. my community college, community college. because they uh -huh. offer a course there. I've looked at it many, many times. And just start sourcing it out. Like, if, if, if you have a desire to do it, you know what? Just act on it. Try it. Start small. You don't have to be my brand of crazy and start big. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and once you get one done, and just the satisfaction of completing it and like I said for me it's the giving it's I just love giving these away and, mm -hmm. and you know just the reaction people get to getting such a you know a great Meaningful gift, gift. And, yeah. and um that's unique for them and nobody else can have right because yeah. they're not on the market you're not buying them at Wayfair or yeah, wherever yeah. right mm -hmm. like it's it's you know homemade but homemade for you and and uh just start just yeah. start it sounds like giving is a great motivation to get started giving is a is a great way to motivate yourself to get started and that seems to work it is you. for me it is yeah. for me like even when i was thinking about doing this with you i you know i started thinking about what i still got to do this this fall like those stockings the christmas stockings that i make in the um in the satin with the beading and the fabulous fun fur or um feathered top <clears throat> feather at the top um, you know, as my family expands, my niece is getting married. I have, you know, um, their their husbands and, and children that are coming along to make for, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I've got to get fabric. I've got to do beading. And, you know, it's just, it's nonstop. I keep busy all the time. I'm not somebody who watches TV. Mm -hmm. I just don't. It's, so I so mean, how, I do, how do you every night. <laughs> how do you feel when everyone's talking about Game of Thrones or whatever TV show is the, is popular? How do you, you know what? I've never seen an episode of that. Uh -huh. I have no desire to. <laughs> I I I'm terrible. Like I could. My daughter laughed and laughed because she went away to university and she did um, that um, media info uh, techno culture studies at Western, right? Mm -hmm. And she didn't have cable until she was almost 16 years old. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> who needs TV, right? You yeah. keep busy, you're reading, you're doing stuff. Yeah. And, and I didn't want her glued to a TV set. So she was almost 16, I think, before I my husband finally said, enough, enough. Mm -hmm. I can't keep going to my friend's house to watch sports now. Like, <laughs> we need to get cable, right? So I broke uh, down. I thought, okay, by 16, she's... You know, she's not ingrained to watch TV nonstop. So she went away to university and they talked about all these shows in some of her classes. And the poor kid was so behind the ball because she'd never seen any of them. But uh, for me, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. People are talking about Game of Thrones and I'm like, not interested. Your never saw an episode. Your phone, Instagram, Facebook, all that doesn't distract you the way it distracts most of us. We can't put it I on do. our phones and 
No. I have my phone is for for texting. My phone is a work phone yep. actually, so I don't have Facebook. I don't uh-huh. have Instagram. I don't have Twitter. Uh-huh. I text my family and um, get my emails on my phone. That's the extent of it. And I'll tell you, I just got a new phone, and it was um, one of the first things that popped up. It said about. Uh, uh, do you want to receive notifications while you're driving? And I said, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I love driving now. And uh-huh. my phone doesn't ping that I'm getting a text. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah that's good. So um, you, I guess you found a way to avoid distractions, which is just by not watching TV, not doing social media. And that, that seems to work, even, even though for some of us that might be hard. Um, well, Deb, uh, I'm going to let you go. We, I know you've got uh, some projects to work on, I'm sure. What are you going to get done today? Oh, geez, i got to plant the caragana that I dug out of the ditch this morning and uh, get at those copper birdhouses. Right. Oh, and two urns that I uh, acquired um, need to get painted black. So, yeah, I, I think I'm busy until probably about 8 o'clock tonight. Sounds good. Well, it's, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a fun day. Um, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me, Deb, to talk to us. I'm sure our listeners will uh, will appreciate um, what they have to learn from you. So thank you again. Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity, Ryan. Take yep. care. Have a nice day. Thanks for joining us today. Check out our website at amateurpod.com. Comment on today's show. Tell us what you're learning, what you hope to learn, and what you thought about the show. And remember, there's a teacher in everyone you meet.